we're going to talk about uh, kingdom thoughts. Kingdom thoughts. You know, there's there's a lot of different thoughts that we get through the day, and we're going to talk about distinguishing between kingdom thoughts and other thoughts. I'll just say it that way. And, and have you ever taken the time to really analyze or to just step away and 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 look at your thoughts in a day's time um, that enter your mind. It's very interesting because a lot of the thoughts that we get are self-serving thoughts because I, I guess that's the way the, uh, the old mind is, uh, is uh, I guess, positioned. Trained, trained up. Trained <laughs> up, yeah. And so um, we're going to talk about kingdom thoughts where you know what what are kingdom thoughts well they're thoughts that come from a renewed mind from the mind of christ uh, it's very clear that we've been told that we have the mind of christ it's not something you have to strive for it's not something you have to achieve it's not something you have to earn you have the mind of christ now but the the question is uh, what are you doing with it you know, what am I doing with it? What, you know, what are we doing with the mind of Christ? And um, and, and we're going to talk about that today. And uh, I'll just say this, that um, thoughts, the thought is the movement of ideas in the mind. I mean, if you want a, just a simple definition, it's the movement of thoughts or ideas in the mind. Thought is the movement of ideas in the mind. Controlling our thoughts is establishing, established by aligning the thoughts with the mind of Christ. Let me say that again. Controlling our thoughts is established by aligning those thoughts with the mind of Christ and bringing every thought into a harmonious relation to eternal and I love this, unchangeable principles. Mm. Beautiful. What do you think, Jim? Yeah, um, I, I think you're on target. Uh, I, I think uh, probably one of the greatest challenges in Christianity uh, is believing that the kingdom is now and believing that we have the mind of Christ now. I think that there's been so much teaching, uh, you know, when you talk to the nominal Christian and say, do you have the mind of Christ? The response is normally going to be, well, I know when I pass on into the heavens, I sure will. Um, but I don't think the scriptures say that. I think the scriptures say that you now have the mind of Christ. It and does. We're going to have to start, we're going to start getting the revelation that this kingdom business, this, sal this salvation of ours, uh, is a now salvation. You know, it isn't, it isn't something that we have to die and then we inherit it when we go through the veil. You know what I'm saying, Rich? Mm -hmm. We talk about this all the time. Yeah, and, you know, our thoughts control our day and the way we respond to our day. And our destiny. Exactly. And, and good godly thoughts will make for a better day. I mean, yeah, we, we want to concentrate on things above and not things below, but we also have to walk this thing out here on this earth for a, for a time. 
And so, you know, negative self-serving thoughts will make for a challenging day. So our goal is to make the right choice. And the right choice is to is to have these godly thoughts. And the way it begins is you just have to start, when, when a thought comes in, you have to put it to the lit, litmus test. Is this, is this a godly thought or is this a negative thought? You know, our attitude is based on our thoughts. I mean, you've seen a little kid pouting. Well, you know, he's sitting there saying, well, I didn't get what I wanted, so I'm going to pout. I can remember being in the store. I wanted I wanted a candy bar at the checkout at Kroger. Well, my mom said no. Well, you could see it on my face. My attitude wasn't too good at that point. Uh, it was like, um, how dare you do that to me? And, you know, that, that's, that's what we deal with every day, every single day. It, it's God thoughts versus self-gratification thoughts. And the scripture, um, well, before I do that, I, I just want to say this. Like attracts like. A thought will take up its abode in our consciousness with thoughts of like character. So what are you feeding on? We've had different uh, broadcasts on, you know, what what are you what are you feeding on? What what are you allowing into your ear gates and your eye gates and whatever? Uh, so we're going to talk about how we can do this. It, it's 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 something that we're we're all in this journey together, and you know we all have choices that we can make. And, um, yeah, we're going to make wrong choices. I've made plenty. But the good news is God gives us a chance to turn it around, and that's called repentance. And uh, when you repent, you say, you know, I don't want to think about that that way any longer. It's, it doesn't have the appeal that maybe it had at one time, but uh, I'm going to start thinking with the mind of Christ. Well, you know the old saying, Rich, garbage in, garbage out. Yep. Um, I think, actually, we can have more control over our thoughts, frankly, if not total control, other than being slaves uh, to the old man or to the old way of thinking. Um, you know, you talked about when you were a kid, you wanted a candy bar. Um, I, I think <laughs> when, when, I was a, when you go back being a young Christian, uh, basically... Uh, all you're talking to the father about is getting candy bars. <laughs> yeah. And uh, you don't really realize at that, that stage of the game, uh, the journey that God has put you on. Uh, but, but, you know, it's whatever we fill our mind with through the course of a day, I, I believe, is, is what is the seeds that are going to be planted, and that's the fruit that's going to come forth. The Lord gave me a little poem here, if I can read sure. it right now. Um. Uh, and several years ago, the Lord gave me a poem, and he said, um, Oh, dear Lord, I pray this day to keep my mind while in the way. For as I look to you above, and there's the key. There's the key, Rich, practicing the presence of God. For as I look to you above, you fill my mind with grace and love. But when I set my sight below, and see, when you set your sights below, you have made a decision to set your sights below. 
you know, the, the poem, the prophetic word here says, but when I set my sight below, my mind does tell me things of woe. And since I know the kingdom is ahead, I'm going to purpose in my heart to reckon my mind dead. And I'll press forward, and I'm never going to look behind. And I'm trusting that you're renewing every part of my mind. So we can't, it isn't as if this is a fatal thing, like, oh, my God, Lord, help me renew my mind. We can take charge over this thing. We can get victory over this thing through Christ. We can do it. It just depends on what you're going to fill your mind with through the course of a day, which is what you're saying, Rich. Amen. Yeah. The scripture that came to mind for me was 2 Corinthians 10.5, and and it says, Paul writes, casting down imaginations. So when that thought comes in, we have the ability to cast it down. And every high thing that exalts itself against the knowledge of God. We, we have, if we have the mind of Christ, we have the knowledge of God. It's there. Maybe buried, but it's there. And then it goes on to say, and bringing into captivity, getting a hold of it, and controlling it, every thought to the obedience of Christ. Now, you know, are we going to accomplish that the first day we start really focusing on our thoughts and our imaginations? No. It's a process, but we got to start somewhere. And, and I, you know, many, many have already started, but we want to get better, I guess is what I'm trying to say. And we can only fulfill this scripture through a renewed mind. You know, you can't fluff and buff the old man to accomplish what 2 Corinthians 10.5 says. You can't do it. It's got to come through the mind of Christ. You, you might hear some folks say, well, just stop sinning. Or you may hear preachers say that. Well, just, just stop sinning. Stop doing what you're doing. Well, you know what? If it was that easy, you know, if you, we truly love the Lord, there would not be anybody missing the mark ever. We can't do it by trying harder. We can only do it by being born again from the incorruptible seed of Jesus Christ. We can't, we can't do it just trying to, our own willpower to do it. The old way of thinking has to be eliminated in order for the new way of thinking to come forth. We can only accept the new wine that the Lord wants to give us right now, today. We can only accept that new wine through the new wineskins. The old wineskins, if it takes on the new wine, what happens? It bursts. I believe that, that today, this is where we are. Some old thoughts and practices and traditions must go for the new wine to flow. Boy, I'm, I'm a poet now, Jim. Hey, good. Hey. Lord, we all are. <laughs> I wrote that this God's morning. Poetry. I didn't even know it rhymed, but I'm going to say it again. Some old thoughts and practices and traditions must go for the new wine to flow. That that, that I'm not capable of doing that. So that, that, that comes from the Lord there. I am not saying everything has to go from all the years of Bible study and listening to sermons and reading the Bible, and what I'm not saying that. Let me just try to explain through an analogy here that I felt the Lord given me. Um, 
we all know that, especially us old folks, we know that cars have changed and evolved over the decades. I mean, you look at the Model T all the way up to an electric car that goes 160 mile an hour. <clears throat> so there has been much change in the automotive industry. Let's say you were a mechanic 30 years ago. You have to embrace the changes that the car industry has made and adapted those changes if you want to stay current and continue being a mechanic. I believe it's true with us, with the church. We have survived on the same manna or doctrines for years. And God doesn't stand still, folks. I'm telling you, he's always moving us closer to him, but it's our choice. Do we want to move with the glory cloud or stay where we are and wither and die? You know, the, the, the Moses people out there and his gang, the, you know, if they didn't go with the glory cloud, that sun would uh, take them out. That glory cloud protected them. And so when that cloud moved, buddy, they were pulling up tent stakes and they were moving right along with it in the wilderness. I'm telling you, Jim, I believe this with all my heart. The cloud is moving today. Oh, yeah. Today oh, yeah. is your day of salvation. It says in 2 Corinthians 6, 2, Behold, now is the accepted time. Behold, now is the day of salvation. I, I truly believe that we're living in that time, Jim. Yeah, that like got back to what we were saying before. This salvation is a present ever-present salvation, because God is ever-present with us. And even uh, even the Old Testament, which was written for our example, uh, the Lord was very clear on the manna. When he gave them their daily uh, portion of manna, he said, don't let any of it hang over to the next day, because it'll get wormy on you. Um, and they had to eat fresh manna every day. Of course, we know that Jesus said, I am the manna, you know, that came from heaven. The I am bread the bread of life. Of life. Yep. So we got to eat from him on a daily basis. Um, you know, Isaiah the prophet said, Behold, I do a new thing. Uh, God is always doing a new thing. God is extremely creative and progressive, and he's always moving. And he wants, he wants his children and his sons and daughters uh, to move with him. And when you get on that journey and you have a single eye unto the Lord, the Scriptures talks about that, uh, when you have a single eye unto the Lord and you start practicing the presence on a moment-to-moment basis, uh, all of a sudden your mind will be filled uh, with godly thoughts, the new creation man. Um, you know, where am I focused, I think, is a big key. Uh, maybe later on the show I got a poem where the Lord gave me where it says, Where are you focused? And God was asking me that question. Yeah, we did a whole uh, program a, on that. Yeah, that's a key question, buddy. Can't yeah. say it enough. We did a whole program on where is your focus. I mean, kingdom focus, we called it. You know, And if yeah. you just tuned yeah. in, uh, we were talking about kingdom thoughts. And, um, you know, all thoughts have power. I mean, the prisons are filled with people that had thoughts, and they acted on those thoughts. Um, thoughts don't get you in trouble, but acting on those thoughts... If it's not godly thoughts or thoughts that, uh, 
you know, don't uh, go against the laws of the land. I mean, if you go against the laws of the land and you act on those thoughts, I mean, there's a good chance you're going to end up in an eight by eight, you know, or whatever the size of a prison cell is. But um, all thoughts have power. So our goal is to let the renewed mind overpower our fleshly thoughts to live a victorious life in the spirit. We have that choice. The power of thought is, it's the moving force within an idea that gives it expression. So if you, if you want to have kingdom thoughts, then guess what? That, that's a moving force, let me tell you. And, and it, it's going to give us expression in a very loving, caring, um, giving, full of grace way. Amen. I mean, these Amen. thoughts are going to enter. I mean, I don't care where you are in the Lord. You could be Mother Teresa. You could be anybody that's just a monk in a monastery that just concentrates on the Lord all day long. I'm telling you, even they will have thoughts that aren't kingdom Godly. thoughts. And so it's it's what you do with those thoughts is what matters. And and you know if we can keep our thoughts pure, um, that's going to be living a victorious life. The thing we must do if we are to help keep most of these thoughts pure is is training our minds. We got to train our minds by faith. That's how it's going to be trained. That's how they're going to be trained. The renewed mind is trained by faith. Take the thoughts that don't glorify God captive. Stop the bus when a bad thought comes and discard it. Get rid of it. Take it out to the garbage heap. And, um, you know, sometimes I get a thought and I'll just, I'll, if I'm by myself, I don't want to do it around people. They'll think I'm... I've lost it, but I'll just, I'll yell stop out loud. I don't want that thought. That thought is not glorifying our Lord. And, um, you know, they they will come, and it's just what what are we going to do with them? Yeah, it's, uh, you overcome, first off, by the blood of the Lamb. We've, we've already overcome. Yes. I think it's important for us to stress that we're coming from a position of victory, we're not trying to get the victory uh, because sometimes that can bring you into condemnation. You know, a lot of times when I get these squirrely thoughts, which we all do, uh, you know, I can still uh, go boldly before the throne of grace in time of need. I don't have to hang my head and say, oh, gee, I, I shouldn't have judged that brother or, or I shouldn't have thought that thought or I shouldn't let that cuss word slip out in traffic, you know. Uh, because we are victorious already, and I think that's incredibly important to remember because the enemy loves to put you under condemnation because when he does, what happens to your thought processes? You know, when you feel condemned, all of a sudden your thoughts go into a very dark place. And, and the Lord doesn't want us there. He, he really does not want us there. Rich talk about repentance. Repentance simply means it's changed your mind. I'm not going to say that anymore. I'm, I'm not going to try not to think that anymore. Uh, but, you know, this whole walk of salvation, Rich, like, like we've said so often, is you're saved by grace through faith. Um, and that's the way the mind gets renewed. It's by the grace of God. 
God will give you the faith um, to recreate this old mind of yours and start walking in the mind of Christ. This isn't something that, that oh my God, when I got more, I better, I better think pleasant thoughts all day long, because that in itself could almost be moving in a fleshly direction. You know, you got to walk it out by faith and say, Lord, I know this day you're going to give me the grace. And by that grace, you're going to give me the faith. And the faith is the only thing that pleases you. But the only place I can get faith is from you. You know, Paul said, I walk by the faith of the Son of God. And so every morning when we get up, you know, God's saying, the grace is there, sweetie. The faith is there. Just walk it out. And if you stumble and fall, the grace is there. Don't worry about it. Just keep walking. So it's it's a joy. I mean, even, even when you fall, he said, I'll give you beauty for ashes. You know, a lot of times you feel like you just burnt something down and, and you didn't mean to. But the Lord says, don't worry about it. You know, out of the ashes is going to come beauty. You're going to learn from it. You're going to gain more wisdom. Um, so it's a, it's a wonderful walk with the Lord. And that's the way it should always be. Don't ever... Don't ever let your mind get you down. Praise the Lord. And and don't ever, um, don't ever look at God's grace as is conditional. His grace Amen. is not conditional, and um, He loves you right where you are. Um, yeah, this this if if you start analyzing too much, maybe you can get into self condemnation, and that's definitely not where where the Lord wants you to go. Uh, He wants us to uh, just realize that we're going to fall short once in a while, and we just dust ourselves off and repent, quit thinking that way, and, and, and just go, go in the right direction. And the good news is every sin you ever committed and ever will commit is forgiven. You're forgiven. You're not, having to go through a bunch of calisthenics and whatnot to get forgiven. You're already forgiven. Religious rituals. Yeah, you're forgiven. You don't have to go. It says confess your sins one to another, but you know what? He's he's another, isn't he? He's one and another. So if you're you're just in your own mind, you're saying, man, I, I don't want to do that again. I'm... You're forgiven. That's that's the bottom line of everything. Is you're forgiven. It's all through the Bible. It's in the Old Testament. It's in the New Testament. Um, he just wants you to repent, not not continue to to ask him for forgiveness. Because he's he his answer to that is I've already forgiven you. Just yeah. You know, take I am the way, the truth, and the life. Go my way. If you go my way, you have nothing to worry about. And so yeah, we, me, we are to go yeah, his way, you know. If we go his way, then it's a, it, he came to give us abundant life, and the abundant life is going his way. Yeah. Yeah, ask Jonah. He'll tell you. Yep. <laughs> well, there's a lot of times the Lord will let you have your way, uh, but the only reason that he will is to show you that your way is not the way to go. And every time I've gone my own way and I paid the price for it, uh, you know, I sit back and I say, oh, dear Lord, you know, 
uh, actually, thank you for letting me go through this experience. It's just like the prodigal son, Rich. Um, you know, he dashed on down the road, spent all his money on riotous living, um, you know, living with the hogs, and then he decided to come back home. And, uh, you know, when the father encountered him, he never said once to him, now, don't you regret the move that you made? You know, he never condemned or came down on him. My God, he gave all his power and his authority back to him and welcomed him at the feast. So God's a loving God. And, and let me throw this out. If you're going to a church with your family and every Sunday you're hearing a message on sin, get out of there. I'm sorry, folks. I've been there with my children and if all you're hearing is messages on you got to repent, you got to walk the aisle, you got to get saved again, get them out of there because God's love is unconditional. God does not condemn. We need to hear more about who we are, sons and daughters of God, and you know, the sonship message instead of the sin message. I'm sorry, but I had to throw that out there. Well, he does, he does not want us the, the abundant life isn't walking around in shame and guilt, and whatever. Uh, that That's not the abundant life, and that's not the life he wants you to lead. He wants us to lead a life where, you know, we can glorify the Lord, we can thank him every day, we can operate in love, and grow, grow in love. I mean, that's what our journey is all about from the time we were a baby until the time whatever is to Grow in love, because it's all about love. When it's all said and done, it's not how much money you got in the bank account. It's not how many cars or houses you have. It's not about how many trips you took. It's about, did you love my people? And and who's my people? My people is everyone. Everyone you came in contact with, did you love them? Did you provide grace to them? You know, we we know we don't deserve grace, but we get grace when we when we're with the Lord, and and He wants us to issue that grace to all those we come in contact with. And we're second the the second part of this, we're going to talk about some of the things that that we allow to get in the way of God's grace, and it's all part of that mind of Christ, that thought process. But um, we're going to. This is Kingdom Building, and we're back. Um, we're talking today about Kingdom Thoughts. Jim, did you have something you wanted to add to that? Uh, no, you were talking about how, how God loves everybody, and he wants us to, to love everybody. And I was just at first popped into my head where it said, love your neighbor. Um, you know, you don't know if your neighbor's lost or saved. And I, I think that's the reason why I said love your neighbor. Basically, what he was really saying was love all of humanity the way he does. Well, basically, who's your neighbor? Right. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that's whoever's in your reach. Yeah. It's it's whoever yeah. whoever's in front of you at the time. And uh, that's your neighbor. So we, we are to love. And we're going to talk about right now... Um, you know, faith comes from surrender, not striving. And we get, we begin to win the battle when we quit striving and start surrendering. Um, the mindset of the flesh is at war with the mind of Christ. 
and so so we're going to talk about some of the warning signs that uh, come up to kind of help us distinguish between a renewed mind versus an unregenerated mind. Um, Now, I know we all struggle with these things, but when they occur, we first recognize them and ask God to help us overcome. And like Jim said, the first half hour, we've already overcome because Jesus said he has overcome the world. And uh, we, when we see him as he is, we are like him. So guess what? Good news. You, you have overcome. We are all on an exciting journey, and it's not always smooth sailing. <laughs> Everybody raises their hand on that one, right? <laughs> but our captain, Jesus is our captain. Remember when he was in the boat and they were freaking out because of the storm had come in and... And they were think, thinking, oh, we're going to die. And a lot of these guys were fishermen, so they'd seen storms on the water, but nothing like this. Um, just know that, that you have a captain steering the ship. You have a captain that knows where all the storms are, and he's either going to guide you around, or sometimes, this is a hard thing, sometimes you have to go through them. Sometimes we have to go through that stuff, but he is always there to comfort us and guide us along the way. You're, you're never going through, through anything, any trials, any tribulations, any sickness, any problems with your family members, anything, marriage problems. What, you're never going through it alone. He will never leave you. He will never forsake you. Before I get into this, Jim, do you have any comments or poems or anything that you'd like to share? Well, uh, there's one that's right in front of me here uh, where it says, uh, teach me, Lord, to hear your voice. Well, that's a big one right there. Yes. Uh, And that's that's something where you have to... uh, Well, the poem goes on to say, Teach me, Lord, to hear your voice. Leave me, Lord, no other choice. Here's the key. Teach me, Lord, to know your will as I listen and get quiet and still. Mm -hmm. And uh, I was with some brothers this morning over at IHOP restaurant, and we talked about how this is a very difficult world, especially in America, with all the amusements and, uh, you know, all the goodies that are always being extended out to us. Um, there's just so many distractions, um, and it's sometimes, it's not difficult, but our mind, our unrenewed mind has got us believing that it is difficult to sit and get quiet and still, but once you start the practice of meditating, you know, like Joshua said in, I think, chapter one, meditate on the word night and day, then you'll deal successfully, you'll have good success. That's the reason why the Lord wants us to come and get quiet. Because he wants us, you know, beloved above all things, I pray that you may prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. And, of course, we realize that the soul, the Lord is speaking about the mind and the will and your intellect. Um, so we got to get quiet before the Lord. And the main reason is because God desires to bless us and show us a path of prosperity. Um, you know, not only us, but he's really raised us up to be a blessing to the world, not just to ourselves. Absolutely. You know, Jim, there are 
there are times we fall into some traps along the way um, sure. of our own volition, uh, of our own uh, choices. And, and we're going to talk about a couple of these today. This, please don't take this as any condemnation or anything, because, you know, we all, we all go through these things. This is not something that Jim and I have overcome, and it never comes up in our lives or whatever. No, we're, we're all working this our salvation out with tre- fear and trembling. But um, w- one thing that the, the Lord put on my heart uh, about talking today about this kingdom thoughts is um is the word offense the word offense and and where it where it is in our society today it it just it dominates our society jim yeah you know dominates the old man yeah the old man offense appears as wisdom to the world you know, if you are if you're offended, then you know, then you're you're something special, I guess. I don't know, but the Lord wants us to pray that there's no offense in our hearts. You know, ask the Lord to show you if there is any offense in your heart. Uh, and, and you know, I don't know about you, but I want to give up my right to be offended. You know, it does nothing to help you. It's pray for mercy, great mercy and grace so I can live with no offense. Offense clouds your thoughts and your reasoning. Just just think about that for a second. Um, if, if you're offended, someone offends you, who who's the one that suffers? I would say it's you. And so, guess what? Why allow someone to control you like that? The the mind of Christ says, you know, cr- you know. I'll even read it out of Luke. It says, "Bless those who curse you, and pray for those who spitefully use you." That's the mind of Christ. If you have a mind that is renewed, then things aren't going to offend you so easily. Being offended is a showing of pride. And the world says pride is a good thing, but God says pride comes before a fall. Romans 12.2 says, Stop imitating the ideals and opinions of the culture around you. That's the ungenerated mind. If, if we're sitting there and we're so caught up on the trends and Everything, and I'm not saying that you don't want to look nice and have good fashion and sense and whatever. I'm just saying that this world has shifted, and you know, we can be a part of it or we can be, you know, step aside from it and and do what the Lord wants us to do. You know, be inwardly transformed. By the renewing of your mind, the Bible says, by the Holy Spirit through a total reformation of how you think. We're talking about kingdom thinking today. This will empower you to discern God's will as you live a beautiful, wonderful life, satisfying and perfect in his eyes. It goes on to say in um, Romans, that was Romans 12 2, Romans 3 says, God has given me grace to speak a warning about pride. 
I would ask each of you to be emptied of self-promotion and not create a false image of your importance. Instead, honestly assess your worth by using your God-given faith as the standard of measurement, and then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem. The will of God is His will on earth as it is in heaven. We all know that. We must repent, which means change the way we think. So if we see that pride coming up, we see that we're getting offended awful easily, then it's time to do what it says in uh, Romans 12, and that's, uh, you know, look at your worth by your God-given faith as a standard of measurement. Then you will see your true value with an appropriate self-esteem, not as, not as the world sees you. Yeah, you know, Rich, um, I'm reminded of something that's kind of funny, but I've said it to myself a thousand times. Every time I think I'm getting offended, uh, the thought comes into my mind, how can you offend a dead man? Oh, that's good. Because the Lord said that, you know, we died with him. We were crucified we were with him. That's what it says. Right. And we were buried with him. The old man, obviously we weren't, but the old man, our old way of thinking was buried with Christ, and now we have been resurrected to a new life and to a new way of thinking. Uh, and we were then given a mind, given the mind of Christ. And uh, so, you know, every time you start snorting and say, well, that guy offended me, then you automatically know that you're walking in the flesh. And that's the reason why, you know, we're holding this broadcast today is to show the difference between walking in the flesh, walking in the spirit. And, you know, a lot of these things, Rich, we can overcome all of these things as we draw nigh to the Lord and as we take on his nature and take on his mind. Because when you're walking in love, you cannot be offended. No. Uh -uh. You cannot be offended. Because even Jesus, when they were driving, you know, when the man poked the spear in his side, he said, Father, forgive them. Now, you talk about being offended. <laughs> How would you feel if somebody come up and did that to you? But his last words were, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. And, and I think that if we have that heart and that mind in us, even when somebody offends us, we're going to realize that, we're to be the leaven in that situation. We're not to be a problem. We're to be the problem solver. That person, really, that's speaking all manner of evil about you, this is a person that's walking in darkness, and you're supposed to be the light of the world. And that's the reason why the Lord doesn't want us to be offended. He wants us to be more of uh, the answer in those situations uh, than he does want us to compound the situation. So, again, that has a great deal to do with your witness. You know, if somebody offends you, um, that'll bring your true witness out. If you want to know if you're walking in the mind of Christ, you're walking in the nature of God, um, just see how you react to those sort of things. And if you're reacting negative and in the flesh, you need to spend a little bit more quiet time with the Lord and get in his presence. Yes, I mean, you know, you look at Jesus as our big brother and example, and um, 
I mean, look, I'm not going to go through everything that happened to him, even just that one day. But, I mean, it, it was way before that. I mean, they wanted to kill him way before Jesus laid down his life. And so he did all that, and then, you know, he's in pain and agony, and he he's unjustly charged and and sentenced to death. And he goes... Forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. And that's what—that's the word we have to say to ourselves when someone offends us. Forgive them, Father, they know not what they do. And even if they do know what they're doing, down, down deep, um, they don't know what they're doing because you have Jesus, you have the living God living inside of you, and they would never offend God, or maybe they would, but they, they would think twice about it at least it, if they were offending God directly face to face. And, you know, Christ in you, the hope of glory, I mean, we, we have to rise above all the, the garbage that's in that lower realm, that earthly realm. And and when we rise into the heavenlies, uh you know, spiritually speaking, then guess what? We're going to look maybe with a little bit of pity and say, you know, I, I need to, I need to love this person. I mean, Jesus even said, love your enemies. So we've all heard people say, well, I can't forgive them for what they did. And you know what? They have just automatically put themselves in a self-imposed prison. It's true. You know, they're cho- they're choosing to put themselves in prison. Some of the people that have offended you, they don't even know they offended you. Mm. And you're going to carry that around? You have chosen to put yourself in a prison, and that's not what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to forgive and move on. There's There's more important things in life than... You know, you getting offended and not wanting to forgive someone. Um, Life is more precious than holding that stuff deep within because it only hurts you. Yeah, but you know, Rich, without the grace of God and and without spending time in his... Yeah, without spending time in his presence and taking on his mind, his thoughts, and and consequently take on his nature, too, which is what Paul was talking to the church about. He says, I pray uh, that Christ will be formed in you. And this is what God's doing through this earth school. We're in in school right now. God sent us to this earth with a divine purpose, okay? Uh, And this earth school is to show us all these things uh, about Father's nature and his forgiveness and his love. You know, you touched on something a while back, Rich, uh, about, you said something about being in the heavens. I don't think that most of the church believes that they can really ascend into heaven, into heavenly places, where they literally lose their own mind and they come into the quiet place what the Bible refers to as the secret place in Christ. And God wants us to know that secret place. And it is a place of calm and rest and peace where you fellowship with him. And when you're in that place, you are literally in the heavens. 
you know, Jesus, John 3 said that the Son of Man who is in heaven, he was he was walking the earth. He was talking to Nicodemus, and he said, basically, I'm in heaven. What do you mean by that? He meant my mind, my consciousness is in heavenly places. I'm in unity and in oneness with the Father. Even though my feet are on terra firma, yes, my body's here, but my consciousness and my mind is in heavenly places. And God wants our mind to be in heavenly places. And that is accessible to us. Jesus opened that veil up 2,000 years ago. Uh, this thing involves a whole lot more than just going to church one hour on Sunday and reading a few Bible stories. Yeah, I mean, and it all comes back to that, you know, that phrase "born again." And you know, we've we've used this scripture, guys, so much. And, and also, if there's, Jim was talking about the garden, and we just did a two-part um, podcast on the garden. So if you go to where you get your podcast, just um, put on put in there uh, "kingdom building" and. Um, and, and listen to that because that is entering the heavenlies. There's, there's a, we're still on earth, like Jim said, and but we can access the heavenly realms. And so, yes. you know, there's an overlapping. The garden is that place in the middle where you take a circle and call that the heavens, and then below that circle you have the earth. But that part that they overlap is is the garden, is that secret place that Jim was talking about. But you can check that out on our podcast. But I'm going to read it again, Jim, as far as what we were talking about, that, you know, the, the, the born-again scripture. And that's in Second sure. Corinthians 5.17. It says, now. I always love whenever the Bible says now. That means now. That doesn't mean some future by-and-by thing. That means now. In the light of your... Cl- co-inclusion in his death and resurrection whoever you thought you were before in Christ you are a brand new person I hope someone gets the revelation of that today because it's a wonderful revelation goes on to say the old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over See, this is how you overcome offenses and pride and all those things that all those sins that easily beset us is looking at yourself and seeing yourself as a brand new person. And if you've never had the opportunity to do that, now is a great time to really step back and see yourself as a new person goes on to say the old ways of seeing yourself and everyone else are over. Well, you can't get offended if that's over, if you don't think that way any longer. Then it ends it with saying, acquaint yourself with the new. I like this. In the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, God did not redeem a compromised replica of you. Wow. He rescued the original blueprint you created in his radiant mirror likeness. Any other self you're trying to find or esteem will disappoint. Jim, that's powerful. Yeah, it is. It's good. It's good. Yeah. And, you know, it's all... 
Go ahead. Did you have something? No, that's yeah, no, it's, just, it's deep. It's deep too. It is deep, but but it's it, yeah. we can understand that. It just comes. What what we're talking about is thought. You know, what are your thoughts and whatever? There's self thought. There's love. I call it love thought. What is? We all know what self thought is. Thinking about yourself before others or anything else. But what is love thought? What is love thought? Philippians two. Two kind of answers that questions question. Paul says, I'm asking you, my friend, that you be joined together in perfect unity with one heart, one passion, and united in one love. Walk together with one harmonious purpose, and you will fulfill my heart with unbounded joy. Man, don't we want to fill his heart? with unbounded joy well that we we can't be offended we can't we can't not forgive someone if we want to fill his heart with unbounded joy he goes on to say be free from pride filled opinions Phew, that's a toughie for they will only harm your cherished unity man what about these people that argue about politics all the time I mean, in the big picture, 50 years from now, 100 years from now, is any of that worth losing a friend or a relative because they have a different political view than yours? goes on to say, don't allow self-promotion to hide in your hearts, but in authentic humility, put others first and view others as more important than yourself. That is a tough one. But he will help you do that. You can't do it on your own. Verse 4 says, Abandon every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Man, Jesus gave us a wonderful example of what a renewed mind looks like using himself as an example. After all... After after he had the mind of Christ, because he was Jesus Christ, but, but he's also saying we have the mind of Christ too. So we have, he's given us the ability to do what I just read. It is a process, it is a journey, and like Jim said, you have to go to first grade before you can go to second grade. You have to go to be a junior in high school before you can be a senior. So don't get on yourself if you make, you know, if you fail a little bit and you just fall short. Don't get on yourself. Just dust yourself off and and keep going. Yeah, Rich, I think it's extremely important to for people to understand that the way we look at other people through our eyes is the way we judge ourselves. Mm. That's good. Uh, you know, if, if I look at you and I go, you know, boy, one of these days you're going to come into judgment. Uh, basically, that's the way I see myself because I don't see people coming into judgment. I see people coming into grace and love. Yes. And, and so when I see that, then I see myself walking in grace and love. But if I'm going to judge you or judge my brother, that same judgment, the Lord says, comes back on you. 
you know, there's a poem that says, Judge me not by what you see. Your eyes cannot be the judge of me. We see, we see things never as they are, never, never, not by far. So how, whatever judgment you are putting out, that judgment is like a mirror. It will come back on you, and you will feel condemned. So judge not, lest ye be judged. And you're doing your own judging. It isn't God. It's just when you send judgment forth, there's a mirror in front of you. Yep. And it's going to come right back to you. If you love your brother, you're going to love yourself. If you find that you don't love yourself and you're always condemning yourself, you're also going to find that you're not loving people and you're condemning people. Now, you use that measuring stick and you'll find out what we're saying is the truth. That's biblical. That is truth. Absolutely. Jim, I got one more scripture to read and then you can end it. Um, And this is titled The Example of Jesus Christ. I mean, he came to give, he was the pattern son. He came to show us, you know, the way, the truth. He was the truth and the life. He came to show us the way, the truth, and the life. And in 2 Philippians 6, um, Paul said that he existed in the form of God, Jesus. Yet he gave no thought to seizing equality with God as his supreme prize. Instead, he emptied himself of his outward glory by reducing himself to a form of a lowly servant. He became human. He humbled himself and became vulnerable, choosing to be revealed as a man, and he was obedient. He was a perfect example, even in his death, a criminal's death by crucifixion. And then it goes on down to verse 9, says, because of that obedience... This is, this is powerful. Because of that obedience, God exalted him and multiplied his greatness. He has now been given the greatest name of all names. So I just read about you guys. I mean, we all are in that situation that, you know, we have to humble ourselves. Humble, humbling yourself is not thinking less of yourself it's thinking of yourself less and when we do that um i'm telling you it's a much better life i've done it both ways and i'm and i much prefer the uh the way that jesus has set before me and set before you go ahead jim yeah well i got a little quick poem here okay and then we'll get out of here It goes like this. The Lord says, I have given you my glory. He gave gave us his glory in Jesus Christ. Yes. I I have given you my glory that you might see the glorious people that I'm calling you to be. Because as he was, so are we in this earth. So God's called us to be the glorious people. I'm giving you my love that you might share. To let the world know I truly do care. And as you share my glory that I have given you, it will bring the world to a place of seeking my glory too. And as the world starts to care and the world does share, 
it will bring a new heaven and a new earth to bear. But the earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof, and truly I desire to fill it with all of my love. We love you. Keep listening. God bless you.